अधिष्ठानम तथा कर्ता कर्णम च पृथिविदम विविधाष्पृथिक श्रेष्ठा दैवम जैवा प्रपंचम कृष्ण से पंचतानी महाबाहो कारणानि निबोध में सांख्यिकांति प्रोक्तानी सिद्ध ही सर्वकर्मना whenever anything happens in your life or whenever you do anything or whenever you make anything happen in your life there are five elements in play first is adhisthan which means what is your approach second is karta karta means the doer what kind of a person you are what kind of mindset you have your attitude your skill set your talent third is karnam what sort of resources you have available at your disposal because if you want to come here you've got to have either money to pay for a taxi or buy a bus's ticket or good enough energy to walk all the way or all those things whatever you need right that's karanam and then chesta what kind of effort are you willing to put in and fifth he says is devam fifth is destiny fifth is bhagya destiny alone can't make everything happen you know um many many years ago in sydney i was uh, i got a job with uh, news corporation and i was doing very well there and the agent who was also my very good friend david i was speaking to him and i said to david i said uh, david you know uh, it's all thanks to you uh, that otherwise i wouldn't be at news doing what i was doing he said uh, yeah my <laughs> he said <laughs> luck can get you in but luck can do the job for you so somewhere people or mediums in your life that you come across or this mediums if there is such a word <laughs> they can get you somewhere but ultimately you have to do it same thing goes on the spiritual path as well a guru can give you a mantra a guru can give you initiation but you have to walk the path so it's only 20% some <coughs> events are fixed but not in everybody's life the one who has found the secret of working in harmony with nature is unbound by destiny such a person is not tied by karma anymore when you understand when you got a grip on how not to resist and how to work in harmony with nature then you are free because scriptures say this one thing you know that three things are absolutely fixed in life even astrologically even astrological scriptures uh, texts three things are fixed all others can vary a in which family you are going to be born into your birth is fixed b your marriage or marriages <laughs> <laughs> they are fixed that's fixed who you're going to get married to and when if you're going to get married third death that is fixed but you know if you 
have really strong willpower, which anybody can build with meditation, or just by following their purpose in life, you can change even these things. Then you got to control over which kind of womb you step into in your next life. You have control over when you want to say, Tada. <laughs> then you say, Bye bye, I'm done, I'm going, I'm leaving. You have control over that. And you also have control over whether or not you'll end up in that uh, joke of an institution called marriage. <laughs> then, then you. <laughs> All the respect to married people here. So uh, <laughs> then, then you control even those aspects of your life because you don't control at all. You see, most people are unable to control because they are trying to control. But most people are unable to control things in their lives because they are trying too hard to control. And when you try too hard to control, you say, this is my framework, this is what's supposed to happen, and that's it. But life is saying, oh, but I'm going to take a little turn here. You say, no, you're going straight. And there is that resistance there. A person who does not control is in, is in greatest control. That's being in harmony. In fact, uh, today I was reading my book, A Million Thoughts. And there's this beautiful line in that book uh, that I happen to write. <laughs> no, really. I was reading this as Swami, you wrote this? <laughs> no, really, it's really, really... <laughs> it's very insightful. <laughs> so, Devi asks Shiva, why is a person suffering? Why do people suffer, basically? And Shiva says, um, they are not in harmony. Their speech, action, thoughts, and consciousness are not in harmony with each other. And then Shiva says something amazing. He says, suffering is alignment. So when nature forces you to align yourself with what nature wants to do, when universe forces you to align yourself with what universe wants from you, you say, oh, I am suffering. That's all suffering is. And there is a very, something I say quite often, you know, pain is inevitable. There is no escaping from pain. Human life is pain. Even meditation cannot help you to, uh, in escaping pain of ordinary life or ordinary pain of normal life. But suffering is very much our choice. It's, uh, it seems like it's a choice. I may have given you the impression that you choose. But somewhere it's true as well. We, how we take life determines how, what are we going to feel about our life. So our question is, uh, do other people's karma, especially those in your family, have an impact on you? And does your karma have an impact on others? If you walk into a room with perfume on, would other people smell it? Would they be affected by it? 
unless they have sinusitis or, <laughs> or something like that. Similarly, unless somebody has insulated themselves from your karma, they would be impacted. Not just your family, not just your immediate family, that your neighborhood, the society around you, that city, the town, that state, that country, this world, and this universe. Everything is, is impacted by our karma. And sometimes that's why good people suffer. They step into somebody else's karma. Even sometimes out of compassion. For example, if you are in a difficult relationship, now we could say, oh, I'm suffering because it was my karma. For example, I could say that. But no physical suffering is happening to me, so I'm not getting any, uh, you know, suffering because of my karma. It's not like uh, I've contracted some grave disease. If I lose a limb in an accident, I would say this is my karma, for example. But if I'm suffering, which means I am being put through circumstances I find not pleasing, then sometimes it happens when you step into somebody else's karmic field. If you have a sibling who's, for example, in having troubles with the law, you know, or, uh, or, or a drug addict, or, you know, whatever it be, the, and the police comes to your home every week, every other week, every 10 days or every month, you haven't done anything wrong, but you have to put up with that, that maybe either disgrace or shame or all the other feelings you may feel at cops coming in your home and questioning you. You haven't done anything to deserve that. But sometimes you actually do step into somebody else's karmic field. So it is not just possible, but it happens all the time that your punya karma protects others. And I think it's something the Vedic civilization understood more than 40, 50,000 years ago. And that's why this whole relationship of Guru-Disciple came about. And in all the more recent religions, we have books. And we have custodians of those books. And we can give them whatever name. And they and people go to them for guidance and they open the book and they say, the book says this. <coughs> but in Vedic civilization, no such method ever existed. It said, look, this is nature. Everything is God. Look upon everything as divine. Pray to everything and see everybody as God. Because you will be impacted by what others do or don't do. And it's like uh, singing, you know. If you are singing in a chorus, one bad singer can destroy the whole chorus if he or she is particularly loud as well. The others have made no mistake, they are following uh, the score. But one person is not, and one person's karma is impacting everybody else's. And that's why my happiness, my state of happiness, how I feel about life is quite an individual affair. But only so much. Ultimately, it depends on how happy the society around me is and, and how happy I 
keep myself and others around me. Everybody rejoices when everybody is happy. <laughs>